Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Kentucky Basketball Across the Bluegrass with Benny and Lee. I'm Benny, and Lee's out there in Paducah. How's it going tonight, Lee? Hey, Benny, going great. Hope everything's going good your way. Yeah, it's going great. Uh, just getting over a little stomach bug, but other than that, everything's going well. Uh, we got a jam-packed show tonight. We've got John. He's going to be calling in here in a few minutes from Wildcat Sports Talk. We've got Buzz Baker on, and we've got uh, we've got uh, <laughs> excuse me, Donna Donna Halper coming on tonight to talk about Russ. Uh, I'll let you elaborate on that, Lee. <laughs> As you know, my musical expertise only goes so far. Yeah, and, and guys, this this is a big show for me. I'm I'm stoked. I mean, not only for you know, and we've got John coming on, and, and John's up and coming, and, and he's going to share. We're going to do a lot of talk about Kentucky basketball this week, but we've got a special guest tonight, and that is a uh, – uh, she's a professor. She's an author. She's a great speaker, Donna Halper, and she played, played an instrumental role in breaking the band Rush. And if anybody's a – what I would call a progressive rock or classic rock fan out there, or even – I call it hard rock back in the day, but – Everybody knows who Rush is. They're, they had singles all over the world from Tom Sawyer to Limelight to 2112 by Torn the Snow Dog. Uh, these guys are great and uh, were great. And uh, But Donna's coming on the show today and tells a little bit of you know her story and history with Rush. And, and we just thought it'd be kind of fun to have her on there. We've got some surprise questions for her that relate to Kentucky, Benny. Well, that's a good deal, and I'm looking forward to her coming on. It was a great week for the Cats again. Seems like we're talking about this over and over. I thought they played well. I thought I don't think that we've seen their best basketball yet. I really don't. We were talking about that earlier as well. I think that the, the defense was outstanding, the perimeter defense, and I think that's going to go a long way in this team making a big run. And I'm I'm to the point where I think they're they're legitimate two seed. I know. I know the experts don't think so, but I don't see how they're not. I mean, they're just they're they're killing it on the road. I mean, they actually play better on the road. It seems we talked about that last week. But I like the way I like the way that they're coming along, and I think Ashton he's got a few nagging injuries that he's going to overcome, and I think I think he's going to get everything back on track. And he made some big plays in that game. I know he's sometimes out of control right now. He's making a few unnecessary turnovers, but. I think that comes with him pressing, and I think he's a little more injured than we we know about because I don't think they're forthcoming completely on that, which I don't really blame them. You don't want people to know. No, and, and, and you know, one thing I think that's forgotten too, Benny, is just – and we talked about it early in the season, and a lot of that was the emergence of Nick Richards and, and going into the SEC – season schedule and, and the grind it is and and we're talking about a grind on your body you're playing two games a week and i mean i tell you what these anybody that watches the sec especially kentucky games and, and look at the grind they go through they're, the sec is physical this year there are a lot of good teams I in agree. sec that aren't going to make the, the tournament and and it's a shame because i think the sec from top to bottom, is still one of the strongest conferences, if not the strongest conference in, in basketball this year. 
They're pretty good, without a doubt. And with that being said, I want to welcome John from uh, talking to the show. He's he's kind enough to call in today. He wanted to talk a little chat and introduce his new website. We told him to come right on. So how's it going tonight, sir? It's doing good, sir. How you doing? Welcome yeah, to the show, great. John. I appreciate it, Lee. How you doing? Doing great, buddy. Good to hear from you. Glad to have you on. Nice to meet you. <clears throat> well, we got a, a we got a new page. What you got going on? Sorry about that. Okay, we uh, Oh no, you're good. We got a. It's at Talk Wildcat. It's a new uh, Wildcat Sports Talk. Me and a guy named Tim. He's a he's been a sports writer for twenty plus years, and we was just you know we've been blessed to do this, and you know I I've had a passion for it for a long time, and. The thing is, you know, we, we form a great team, and, and you know, we've had the opportunity to connect with former Kentucky players. Um, we interviewed Rodney Dent and uh, Jeff Shepard, Dale Brown, um, Aminu Timberlake. I mean, we had, we had recently, we had Calvin Taylor. Um, so, it's been, a, it's been a fun ride, to be honest. It is fun, and I and I tell you what, you, you said something there, John, that that means a lot to me, and that's that's the passion for Kentucky, and Kentucky sports, and, and definitely basketball, and you know any true Kentucky fan or can, anybody born in Kentucky, you know understands that, especially the follow the Wildcats. I'm not talking about those Louisville losers now, but but the Kentucky <laughs> Wildcat fan base, I don't think there's a stronger passion. Period. There ain't, and you know, as a kid, when I was when I was growing up, my first ever game was Duke when they lost in the regional final to Christian Leitner, and that was uh, that was a tough, that was a tough blow. <laughs> and uh, you know, dad dad got me in, into it, and it just from then on, it just like when I got heartbroken, it just felt like you know that was the moment that I truly bleeded blue. You know what I mean? Yeah, and you know. And I know Benny's got some questions for you too, John. But I'll tell you what, I just would want to shake your hand, you know, just because you were at actually at that game. Uh, you know, not a lot of people were, but I'll tell you what, as a Kentucky fan, can anybody out there else relate? And I'm sure you can. And we'd love to hear from you guys. We'd, we'd love you to call in tonight. We've got a lot of guests, but we'll take your calls. You guys can ask questions. Uh, we'd love to have you. But can anybody else relate? I mean, when that shot went down. And really, let's go back to the, let's go back to Wood's shot before that. That shot was incredible, right? And we know that it shot. Was. We remember everything that happened on that shot. But I mean, here, 1.6 seconds later, you know where we were. But everybody knows exactly where they were at that moment in time. If you're a Kentucky fan, and, uh, I wasn't actually game, at man. the game. I was actually watching it on TV at the time, but. Uh, well, that's but, that's uh, still good enough for me. All but right. still, that's good enough. <laughs> <laughs> I'll never forget that game, guys. I was uh, I was young in my high school career, and uh, I, I don't know a lot of Kentucky people probably know my family was playing Rook that night because they were all too nervous to watch the game because they all thought we were going to lose, so they were in there playing Rook, and I was the only one in there watching the game. And, of course, I was giving updates, and then finally I come, and I, I come out of there, and I say, hey, Let's just hit the shot. We're winning this thing, and they all come, and they all get to see that last shot. <laughs> it was awful. <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> but you know, 
That, that what a game to start with, though, John. That being your first game, that's incredible. And I and still to this day, that's one of my favorite Kentucky teams because what Rick Pitino did with that group of kids and, and the level he brought them to was incredible. And I think a lot of that you can compare to John Calipari. And I know people want to say he's bringing in five star recruits year after year after year. They're already good, but look what he does with them. He gets them to blend and play as a team, and not everybody works out. Those guys move on, but he takes these guys and molds them and teaches them. And, and when they leave Kentucky, they're a lot better player than when they come in, even at five-star ratings. And they are. And, and the thing that I've always heard Cal speak on, he always says, I'm a player's first program. And when they leave, you know, Cal Perry is always going after them, chasing them down, talking to them. You know that it's it's like a father with a kid with a son, and he and yeah. he just and he embraces them, and that's what I love about John Calipari. And and a lot of people hate put a lot of hate on John because you know he don't get enough Final Fours, he don't get enough championships. You know how the fan base can do, but at the same time, look what we've accomplished in the time John Calipari's been there. I mean, how many right. Final Fours? How many Elite Eights? I mean, any any program like a Syracuse or anybody would love to have that kind of accomplishment. Sure. Let me tell you something. Since he's been at Kentucky, he's got more Final Fours than any other coach. He's got more tournament wins than any other coach. So, they're really, there's nobody else doing any better. That's what I try to tell people every year. That's like this year when we lost to Evansville. Yes, that's a horrible loss. But you know what? Duke's got a horrible loss that nobody talks about. And they got beat by 22 the other night by a pretty subpar uh, – Team there, NC State. Yeah, NC State. Yeah, yeah. Not very good. No, it's not. You guys going to forgive me there too? Give me there too, because when I said you know that he makes these guys better players, John and Benny is is what I missed on. He makes these guys better people. When they leave Kentucky, they're better people than when they came there. And and the thing I love about John is the fact that you know. They, they, they say a lot of times, like, his in-game coaching is, you know, kind of subpar at times. Like, they'll look back at the Wisconsin game. But if you watch that Wisconsin game, Booker was getting beat on that drive every single time. And that's why he had the Harrison twins in, because Booker oh, yeah. was having trouble playing, was playing defense. And, I had, you I know, had everybody wants to blame it on, show, you know. But I agree with you 100%. Booker was not Booker of now back then. He was growing into Devin Booker. And the Twins were the better option all the way through that year, I thought. And a lot of people tell you, tell you different because they look at what Booker's done in the NBA. I mean, if he was doing that at Kentucky, let me tell you, he would have started every game. I mean, that's just... Decker ate him alive in that game. Decker absolutely ate him alive. Yep, and, and that's, that's true. That's a, and Booker, Booker, you know, and Booker... Coming off the bench, that that tells you something. That that kid had his head in the right place. It tells you a lot about that player. And and even go back to Darius Miller, you know, as a senior and, and being the sixth man. Not everybody can play that role well, but you know, I'll tell you what, John Calipari's had the best sixth man in college basketball since the day he came to Kentucky. And, you know, another thing, too, is, like, I was telling somebody today I had liked something that Benny had posted today, that this team kind of reminded him of the 2011 team with 
Brandon Knight and uh, Harrelson and DeAndre Liggins, they weren't a lot of superstars, but they willed their way to a win. And, you know, that's what I love about this team that Kentucky's got right now is that if they get down, they don't they don't fold, they don't get upset, they just come out and they start playing. Like the other night was it Florida went up, what, seven points, and they just continue to fight, and they come all the way back and, and quickly got them back in the game with them threes. And it was just like momentum shifted. And that's what I love about this team is like they don't quit and they don't fold up. Well, the one thing I can tell you about that game is that told me right there that we weren't maxed out. Because if you notice, when they got down six, they hit a different gear right then. They turned it up a notch, and they they took back control of that game. And that's why I say they haven't peaked yet. And I don't think I think we'll see it somewhere around the SEC tournament, as per usual. Because Calipari knows how to push the right buttons. People say what they want to say about this man, but he's flat out all time one of the all time greatest. He's he's one of the best. That's for sure. Well, he, you know, he gives Kentucky a chance to win a championship every year. I mean, they're always in the hunt. You know, and you go back to the exception of the one year and we had Nerland's old Noel and that, the injury there late in the year, that, that affected Kentucky a lot, uh, you know, when he went down. But that wasn't a great team. We had Ryan Harrell and a handful of other people, and I think that's Portress. He was fairly young then. So that wasn't one of the best recruiting years for Kentucky either. But, you know, they had the pieces there. But, you know, after the injury to Noel, it, it just it went downhill from there. But, but you know, every year, you know, John Calipari has his team poised and ready. And, and the one thing I take from, from what he does is he improves the team throughout the year. They get better game to game. And I think they're riding that high right now. And, and we still haven't seen them beat. I mean, as bad as we think they're playing right now, they're winning games and they're stringing wins together. And they're building that momentum for the tournament. And, and you can just see it. And but and then you look at Duke, just like, you know, Benny said, a 22-point loss to NC State the other night. Kentucky's not doing that. They they have not been blown out by anybody. They're not blowing anybody out, but they're winning games. And, and I think we're losing focus on how many times have we said those close grinding games are what makes a team stronger and better. That's what they're getting right now. And there's been opportunities to blow teams out, but still they're getting themselves in a little bit of trouble, but they're finding a way to win it, even in the close games. And I think that's going to pay off in the tournament. And, and another thing that, I, that I've been harping on is foul trouble. That, that's the biggest key moving forward in these tournaments because you, you get Richards on the bench with two fouls early in the game against a team that's a little bit bigger than Kentucky. Kentucky's going to have some problems. And, you know, I was looking at – I was watching Kansas yesterday. That's probably the only team, in my opinion now, that could probably give Kentucky problems on the offense and defensive side of the ball because they're a really good ball team. And that's one team I want to stay away from in the bracket. <laughs> I agree 100%. Kansas is probably my best team in the country right now. You see, I would say anytime you can go to Baylor and win like that, which I thought they were – we talked about it with Mike DeCourcy last week. I thought they'd go down there and win, and they did. But, you know, one thing about the NCAA tournament that I'll, I'll try to make you feel a little bit better, we don't usually get as much foul trouble in the NCAA tournament because they tend to let them play a little bit more, it seems like, than the SEC. The SEC is just – I mean, you never know what you're going to get in the SEC. It's horrendous. 
Well, now, wait a minute now, Benny. I've got a $500 ticket that I bought down at the Atlanta Regional in the Kansas State game. Did you forget that one? Huh? No fouls. <laughs> Come on, man. It's not going to be you as talk, bad. Hey, you know you, it's not. You, <laughs> you, you talk about a bummer weekend. Man, I went, oh, man, we went through the SEC tournament in St. Louis and just cruising and went to those games and then got down there and uh, got to see that little Loyola Marymount team and uh, Sister Mary, it was all, or Sister Jean, I think it was. And cool, cool, cool tournament. And uh, But, uh, but yeah, Kentucky, that Kansas State thing, that's a fiasco. But, honestly, it goes back to P.J. could have made his, you know, free throws. We would have won that won that game. But they, they never let him play. That was one – Exception, but you're, you're right, Ben. You're absolutely right. They do usually let them play, and that is a concern, John. I agree with you 100% on that. I mean, you know, we've got to have Richards. We've got to have Hagens. We've got to have Maxie. We've got to have IQ. I mean, those four guys are critical to this team right now, and then you fill the, fill the void with the other guys. But uh, we got to have them, and they got to be, you know, on the floor, you know, a lot of minutes. We can't have them on the bench in foul trouble. It definitely, you know, it doesn't – doesn't help anything, and even Hagen's in a little bit of a slump somewhat. He's critical to this team. We've got to have him on the floor. And have you noticed uh, quickly? I've I've noticed him from last year to this year. He kind of reminds me of Deron Lamb, the way he shot. But I think yeah. that you Deron know he, he does, and and I'm not saying he's sharp shooter like Deron was, but every time he shoots it, it feels like it's going in every time. And and that's, yeah. a, great, that's a great feeling to have. You know what I mean? I'll tell you who he's reminding me a lot of here lately. And y'all can y'all can uh, harp on or whatever you want to do. I'm just telling you, from what I've seen, he reminds me a lot lately of Brandon Knight. I think, and I think he's underappreciated like Brandon Knight was as well. That's one of the reasons it got me thinking that way. I think he and Randall and and Brandon Knight are probably the three most underappreciated guys we've had at Kentucky at Cal. Yeah, and you got to admit, I mean, IQ came in, you know, quickly came in as a as a point guard. But I mean, he can play both, and, and Maxie's same thing. And what Cal's doing with those guys, and he's getting them to blend and play together, is amazing. It's really, uh, it's in, really incredible to see how they've uh, how they've come together as a team and. I was I was reading over my notes today, and I was looking at that Tuesday night game with Texas A&M. That's a tricky game because it's right between Auburn, and it's one of those games where you don't want to drop going into Auburn because Auburn could ease theirself way back into the SEC race. Kentucky needs to just keep putting the pedal to the metal and keep the keep the momentum going and put the pressure on the other teams. But that's one game that it, 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 I wouldn't say it's uh, – it's a winnable game, but it's also a losable game. You know what I mean? Because I'd be um, I'd be more worried about it if it's at home. To be honest with you, I think these guys feed off that road venue and that that heat. Yeah. And and I can share something with you there. I think that sometimes what happens is that you know it's the comfort zone of being at home, and and sometimes I think the kids and I don't know what their curfews all about. And I work for. Guy, my plant manager was actually the RA at Wildcat Lodge uh, a few years ago. Actually, it's been longer than that, but Chuck Hayes was there, so it tells you it's been a little while. But, but I don't know what their curfew is. But you know, they still have family in, they have girlfriends in. I mean, and things going on. 
when they're on the road, it's a little bit different. There's a little tighter curfew, and I think the kids actually get a little bit more rest. They're a little bit more locked in and in focus because they're in a hotel. It's just a different different atmosphere. And I love and 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 another thing too. Oh, I'm sorry. But uh, another another thing I like about this team is they they're it's like a it's like a group of brothers. And when one falls down, another one picks another one up. Like if you watch them, like they'll make a play and they'll all grab each other by the arms or they'll pull each other to the side. And that's what I love about this team. It's like they're just a band of brothers. And it just it just means a lot to see that and see how they've come together as a team. That and they don't soak their head, they don't they don't quit and it's just it's amazing to see how Cal how far Cal's brought this team from the beginning of the year to the end. And another thing, like you said, we we haven't even seen them play their best game. And no, I feel like I want, be, I want, I want Benny's thoughts on that too, because Benny, I, I want you to. To, to say something on that because I know you talk about that a lot too, but John, you touched on something huge there, and and you guys, I, I want to ask both of you, and and I just want to know, do you guys see something or do you feel something a little bit magical about this team? I mean, okay, we've got the feel good story with Nick Richards, but John, what you're saying there is huge, and I'm seeing it too, and I, and I think it kind of takes me back to that Brandon Knight team that Benny was talking about. But are you guys seeing that or feeling? I mean, is, is it is it just me? Is it a vibe? What's going on? I think that uh, – feel... uh, go, go ahead. ahead. I'll let you go first. I'll go ahead. No, you go ahead, no Benny. You go right ahead. I was going to say, I think that, that the, the key to this team, and I've thought it all year, the key to this team is E.J. Montgomery, and I think he's getting there. I think foul trouble has hindered him a lot lately. But I know that Kenny Payne's working with him every day on how not to foul when playing defense. And he gets some bad calls because of his reputation. But I think he's the key, and I think he's almost there. I noticed he, the last two games he scored the first four points. Did you guys notice that? And, uh, yes. Yeah, he's the X factor. That's the X factor. Right he there. is definitely – the key. That's my opinion, and I, I do kind of feel something magical going here. I don't know about what you guys think, but I really do. I, I do as well, and he took the words out of my mouth, E.J. Montgomery. I feel like that, you know, a lot of people look at stats and they think, oh, E.J. had four points, he had this, but they don't realize what he does on the defensive end, and that's what I love about E.J. is because there was one game, I can't remember in particular, he saved Kentucky. I believe it was maybe the Georgia game where he made him go right instead of – I can't remember what game it was. But, uh, yep, Georgia. He, he and made, even look back was, at Ole Miss, that, that game. rebound, that loose ball the he rebound. came up with Ole Miss last weekend, that was another play. Oh, that You're was right. the biggest rebound of the year. And that play, we actually talked about that on our podcast that you're pointing out right there about him forcing the guy to go the other way. That was huge. That was play of that Yeah, game. because if, and, if you make him go the other way, he scores. And yep. – and that, that's what people don't look at. They look at stats and all these other things, but they don't look at what they do on the floor defensively and on the boards. They they forget that there's little things in the game that you can find that are that are really successful. And John, right. before I forget, I'll, I'll go back to uh, go ahead, go ahead, Benny. I was going to tell him before I forget. Why don't he go ahead and tell everybody where to follow his new talk, uh, his new podcast? Because we're like a band of brothers here in this podcast industry too, because 
Look, if your if your podcast is good, people are going to listen. So I don't care to help others out and promote their stuff because I'll probably listen to it too now that I know about it because I listen to podcasts every day. So okay, we have a uh, Twitter feed at Talk Wildcat at Talk Wildcat. It's but the name is Wildcat Sports Talk, and and right now we're doing a live Facebook show. Like it's Facebook Live. We do it. We have our own page. It's in the bio on the Twitter. And uh, we get on there. Usually we have pregame. We do a pregame show, and sometimes we'll do a postgame show. And uh, if the fan, if the followers want it or whatnot, but uh, and then we'll do a weekly show every night at six, from six to seven. And um, we have, I mean, we have almost close to I don't know five thousand followers, but a lot of them are really faithful, and they've they've really supported us and helped us and. You know, it, it's nice to come on here and talk with you guys because I listen to your show quite a bit, and it's just like it's like one big family, and uh, and that's what BBN is, and you know, and we love everybody, and we we try to help people as much as we can, but we love you too, you know what I mean? And it's a it's just a family thing, and that's and that's one thing that me and Tim have have really pushed towards is making it friendly and be being fan friendly and just having fun with it. Because, I mean, it's just a lot of fun, and I, I just appreciate you all letting me come on the show and talk a little Kentucky basketball. Well, I appreciate you, problem, brother. Anytime. It was nice. Anytime you all it was nice. or Tim, either one, want to come talk, feel feel welcome. It's it's your show, too. That's the way we look at it. It's everybody's show. Anybody that wants to call and say what they got to say, it's 516-531-9474. Anytime. I, I appreciate you all having me on. All right, brother. You have a good evening, and we appreciate you. All right, you too. Have Go good night, John. Thanks for being on, buddy. And that's good talking. You know, he, he made a good point there, Benny. And I think that's, you know, I've always kind of felt like that in regards to, you know, MVPs, player of the year, player of the game. Everybody gets hung up on the offensive side. They don't always look at defense. And, man, you know, I think that's still what Ashton Hagens is bringing to the table. He's had a little bit of trouble with the scoring and sometimes with his turnovers, but he's still creating some big turnovers at key key times in the game. And I think it just gets overlooked. It's always been overshadowed. And, you know, if you ask me, one of the best defensive players in the NBA of all time to me was Gary Payton. I mean, they called him the glove. And, you know, he wasn't just a huge – offensive guy but his defense was outstanding and I think those guys get lost sometimes in the shuffle and there's just not a lot of emphasis put on defense but you know as well as I do yet play defense play basketball be successful a defense is probably the reason why I never went anywhere I'll just be honest because I didn't take yeah. it serious when I was younger but but now Aston Higgins made the play of the game in that Florida game I know I know you remember the play they were they were down, and he steals the he steals the pass from Blackshear, throws it yep. to Maxie for the yep. layup. That was the play of the game. I mean, they got was. the run going and got them back. And yeah, absolutely, people want to remember those turnovers in the first five minutes or whatever, and that's what they want to harp on. But it's it's how you finish the game usually who wins. And we've been finishing pretty well. And that's that's why I'm hanging my hat on the hope and the de- the perimeter defense was absolutely outstanding against Florida. It, Probably the best it was played all year long. 
Yeah, I thought it was great, and I'll tell you what, our switches look good. And, and right, Nick closing out, and you know, uh, what's his name? Shoot up, uh, uh, I've been lost his name now. But, but Blackshear, you know, he he got out for some threes and, and, and a little bit, but Nick was still there. The defense was good, and uh, it it just it was a good game. I thought defensively we looked sound, and and the offense is there. I I just think you know that we're we're just having a little bit of issues at the end of the game, and I don't know if it's just we're losing focus or what, but the inbounding was was questionable at best, and I'm sure tomorrow that they're going to work their little buns off on that, and uh, it, it's got to get a little better. They got they got to have a little bit better late management control and, and late man, late game management. It's just got to get a little bit better, and I think I think we're going to see that they're they've gotten this far and they're on a roll and. It's time to work on a few of these things and just fine-tune them. And I think by tournament they're going to be great. And, hey, we're almost to an SEC championship. And who thought who would have thought that, you know, a couple of weeks ago even? Yeah, I agree. I think we just hang on to what we've got. We're going to win the SEC championship for the, what, 49th time? <laughs> it's yeah, it's, it's somewhere in there. It's a lot. <laughs> yeah, not even, not even my great mind can keep, keep up with it. <laughs> Yeah, and Roger, you know Roger Harden, our buddy Roger, he 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 talked a lot of good things this week, and you know I told him, you know yesterday it's just uh, Kentucky's just got to win, just win. That takes care of everything. A- a- anything else is going to take care of itself, but all you got to do is just keep on winning, boys, and, and and they're doing what it takes to win, and 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 that's key, and and that's what it's going to take in the NCAA tournament. I agree, hundred percent. I think they're. I think they're ready to make that step. I think it's like like you said, they they got to get a little better at that, at handling that press. And I think it I think it caught them off guard both times. But at the same time, I don't think they I think they thought they had enough lead. They weren't trying to beat it. And and sometimes you just you just gotta uh, run that thing deep on that press and just beat them deep a couple times, and they'll come out of that crap. Yeah, and they will. And I, I just think Kentucky just caught, caught up in it. And I, I don't know if it was the wrong guy taking the ball out of bounds or what. And I know some that last play EJ did, and it, it was a lot better. But and, and the key too is getting it in the hands of the guys that shoot free throws. But who on the team doesn't shoot free throws good enough? Let's welcome uh, Buzz Baker to the show now. How's it going tonight, Buzz? Hey guys, how y'all doing? We're doing great. Hi, Buzz. Welcome to the show. Thanks. Great to be here. It's great to have you. I don't know if I've lost Benny or what, but how are you doing tonight, Buzz? Everything's great. How about you all? Great. So I just want to ask you, Buzz, what do you uh, what are your thoughts on Kentucky right now and how they're playing, and, and where do you think they're going to end up in the seedings for the NCAA tournament? Well, as far as seedings go, it's like I've said before and said for years it's not only about what you do it's about what everybody else does and before about midnight last night I think everybody was of the opinion that the top two seeds weren't going to lose and Mark Pope took care of that when when his team went and took care of Gonzaga right so all Kentucky can do is keep keep doing what they do take care of their business and I, I they're they're just a joy to watch right now I mean from the standpoint of they're playing for each other uh, there, there's no individuality about them. Nobody's trying to draw attention to themselves. 
they're just getting out there and doing whatever they can to win. And sometimes it's not the prettiest, but, but the outcome is awfully pretty. And Dave, what's your opinion on uh, E.J. Montgomery? I, I kind of feel like he's almost ready to just to make that next step if he can learn to play defense without fouling, which he gets a lot of bad calls because of that reputation, I think. Well, there could be some of that. But then again, what you get, too, is remember, none of these guys played any defense coming in. As a matter of fact, they were all told not to play any defense because when they were in high school and they were leading their team, they were taking their team to great heights because they could score, not because they were locked down defenders. So coaches didn't want them to get anywhere near anybody because they didn't want them to foul out. So it's a learning process for everybody. Uh, I think I think the thing that gets underrated is, is what Cal talked about. And the better EJ gets in shape, the better he seems to play. Would you say, Buzz, that this is one of the best jobs that Calipari has done with a team? Uh, I, I think it's one of the best I've seen, especially with the involvement, uh, involvement of Nick Richards. And, and you, you just touched on that a little bit, too. I think we're starting to see it with EJ. But how do you rank this team and, and what Calipari's done with it to, to years past? Well, I think that's one of the things that he always takes a bad rap for, too. Um, I mean, 10, 11 years now, can you name one of his teams, a single team, that was not better at the end of the season than they, uh, not, than they were at the beginning of the season? And all of his teams have improved. Now the talent level for all of them have been dramatically different. And, and I think because of the fact he recruits so well that everybody thinks that, you know, he's going to go out and get a Carl Towns every year or an Anthony Davis. And then I always use this analogy as well. And I think it's absolutely true. It's just, uh, it's just like the Kentucky Derby. Okay, it's about the best three-year-olds in the country, but every crop is different. I'm sorry, I hit that twice. Every crop is different. So you know, one crop may be really good, and and the next year's crop may not be as good as the previous year's crop. So that's something you got to take into consideration as well. But I don't think he gets nearly enough credit for developing guys and for what he's done with that. You know, I've been wrong before, but I think next year's crop is going to be uh, something to behold. I just, I, I've really been kind of been keeping up with it more this year than normal, and I think they've got a heck of a bunch coming in next year. And I'm not trying to forget about this year because I still think it's the title contending team myself. I'm just saying you brought that up and it made me think about the guys I've been checking out here that's coming in next year. Well, it, it could be, but remember, the thing that's changed now, is that those guys that are coming in next year, uh, we don't know who all of them are yet. You could still have some more guys that reclassify and do some of those things. Uh, you could have guys that could come out early. You've got guys that are able to transfer now, like the Blackshear kids. So it, it's, it's a lot more difficult to try to project that now than it was when Cal first got here. And I think Cal's involved with it, Will, and, and and you brought that up too a little bit about you know we've got a, a new transfer rule that's going to play a big part in it. And but I know if Cal Perry sprinkles his magic magic miracle grow on this team that comes in next year, it's going to be something special. But right now we've got this team this year, and I tell you what, I see a lot of special things going on with them. And I I, I really think the sky's the limit. And Buzz, we touched a little bit earlier on just I don't think they've even gotten close to reaching their potential yet. So there's a lot of feeling there for them to grow and get better. 
but but they're winning, and, and as long as they keep stringing these wins along, that's going to play a big part in where they go in this tournament and where they're seated. Well, the other the other thing you got to take into consideration too is as good as it is right now, this is absolutely one of those years where somebody could get whacked in the first round. I mean, if if you're going to yep. get the 16 to get the one, this this is the year where it could happen. Or it could, you know, we talk about that, and then by the time you get to the final four, you're looking at four blue blood teams that are there year in and year out. It's it's just very unpredictable because of the transfer rule and everything. The margins are really smaller, and in college basketball, that three point line is is the great equalizer. So you just don't know what's going to happen on a particular night, and we've seen that be the case with Kentucky, especially as you take a look at the difference from one half to the next. Yeah, I was, we were talking earlier. I don't think we've actually seen the best basketball from Kentucky yet. I think, I think they get a little better every game. I thought the perimeter defense was outstanding against Florida. It was. It seems like they grow, they're growing more and more. And it seems like his team's always, to me, and maybe I'm being biased, it seems like they always grow more than, than most. Well, I, I think so too, and I think because of it, 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 it's because of a couple of things. I think it's because of the way these guys are, and he has so many of these young guys. I think the other thing that happens too is he's not one of these guys that'll look at people and say, "Okay, this is what we're going to do, and this is how we're going to do it, and we're going to do it my way." And you know, he's just not that guy. He's willing to change things and do some things to fit what best fits the skill set of the players that he's got in a particular season. And I, I think that, uh, you know, they get a lot of credit, Kenny Payne and, and Joel Justice and Tony Barbie and the whole gang get a lot of credit for recruiting. I don't think they get nearly enough credit for player development. Those are the guys down there with those guys and those individual workout sessions all the time. And not only working with them physically, but working with them mentally and, and, you know, trying to get them to adjust to, you know, college basketball, being away from home. And then, you know, the fact that they hit a wall, Hey, what do we have to do to get you through? It? And, and, and I think that's been a, a, another big part of what they've done as well. And, and if you're just now tuning into the show here tonight, folks, I uh, just want to let you know that we have WKYP, UK and SEC Network Sports Analyst Buzz Baker with us, and, and Buzz is just some great input. And, and you're right, I think there's a lot. You know, John Calipari takes most of the spotlight, and I don't think there is a lot shared for the assistant coaches on the team and, and what they do day in and day out because they're they're in a grind day in and day out. Probably, you know, well, John Calipari handles a lot of the things off the court. You know, they're they're on the court with these kids, and and and, and they they are doing a lot. But, Buzz, I, I, I appreciate you coming in on a Sunday night with us. But I have to ask you, uh, and, and some of us, I think, probably actually feel sorry that you've got to work with Rex Chapman all the time. But uh, <laughs> no. but uh, can you tell us? The Lord us, only gives us what we can you. handle. <laughs> yeah. Can, can you tell, tell us the funniest thing that you ever saw Rex do with all the times you guys worked together? What's the funniest thing Rex ever did? I I know about three or four, but I can't tell you what they are. I mean, I just have to leave, I just have to leave it at that. But he is he is a, he is an ama- he, he is he is an amazing dude. 
uh, his love uh, for basketball and for University of Kentucky basketball in particular uh, has no bounds. And um, what that dude has done to publicly talk about the uh, uh, the demons uh, that he has fought and he does fight, uh, I think it's been incredible, especially in this state uh, with the things that we're trying to fight. Um, you know, uh, we, we do need to get him some counseling in terms of uh, in terms of singing, uh, but uh, but uh, other than that, uh, we could we could not ask. And, and I'm going to tell you something else too. You know, he doesn't do any coaching or anything, but he interacts a lot with those guys over there. And yeah. all those guys yeah. have his, all those guys have his cell number. And you know, if, if there are situations where they probably want to talk to somebody that's not a part sure. of the staff. And like, dude, what, yeah. what, help me out here. What was it like when you came through? And he is always yep. uh, willing and uh, able to do in, anything that he can. But but one day in the yeah. unauthorized uh, podcast, we'll we'll talk about some of that stuff. Good good stuff. And you know, and, and I tell you, Rex, uh, as far as passion for Kentucky, man, Rex has it. I mean, he he wouldn't do what he does now. I mean, and and I know the guy. You can just tell when he talks about Kentucky. He just you can feel it in uh I, I have to ask you this bus because we got a special guest coming up here a little bit but and and benny 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 just kills me on all this stuff and i i've got to work with him well you got to work with rex on singing i've got to work with right. benny on music so so have you ever heard of the band rush yes okay that's all i needed to hear from you benny benny's like who are they i mean <laughs> well music is not my forte <laughs> Well, 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 Benny. I mean, Rush is not like it's not like one of these grunge bands that's out of the mainstream or anything, right? I mean, <laughs> I, I, I I told you, we got the lady that talk about my music. Nobody I'm I'm from like one yeah. end to the other, like the Gambler and uh, California Love. I'm all over the place. That's my kind of music. <laughs> well, you can't you can't go wrong with some good Kenny Rogers, but neither can you go wrong no. with. Uh, with Rush or or Kansas or uh, back in the day the Ohio Players or anybody like that, oh, right? Oh man, roller coaster, absolutely, yes, yeah, right, right. Good stuff. Yeah. Buzz, as always, it's great to hear from you, and, and uh, I'll be calling in again soon and, and talking to you guys on the air. And Benny, uh, did you have anything else for him so we can let him get out of here? Where's Benny? I think. I, I I think we just I think we turned him upside down with Rush. I think I, I think we did. I, I think he's probably probably digging around trying to find a Tom Sawyer or something. But Buzz, we appreciate you taking time out of your Sunday and being with us. And uh, we hope you have a, a good rest of your weekend and Sunday night. And, and we'll hear from you soon. Uh, probably I think Tuesday night. So uh, have a great Tuesday night. night at five, Tuesday night at five thirty. It's a short week. Thanks so much, guys. Thank you. Have a good night. And I think I have lost Benny. So I don't know what's going on here. And it, this, as every week, we've had some technical issues. So I'm going to keep trying to keep this show going. And the unfortunate thing is, I'm not in the studio, I'm off site. So I'm going to roll with this podcast. But anybody that wants to call in, I mean, uh, you guys calling in, uh, hopefully Benny can get your calls. And, and I know we're supposed to have Donna Halper here in just a moment. And we may be ending this show if I uh, can't get Benny back in here. But uh, we're going to see what's going on, folks.
Well, while we're doing that, let's listen to some rush. Kentucky basketball across the bluegrass. Do I have Donna Halper on the line? I hope so, because otherwise there's somebody wearing my clothes, and that would be embarrassing. <laughs> Donna, well, we're having some technical difficulties, and so it's kind of messed up my introduction for you. But my for dear, that life is life is like a game of basketball. Sometimes your best player gets injured, and you got to just do the best you can without him. Now, now you just threw me a curveball there. You're throwing basketball at me now. That's that's awesome. I appreciate that a lot, Donna. Come you're on, right. I've, been, I've been a sports fan <laughs> for years. Okay, mostly. I'm not going to lie to you. Okay, my favorite sport is baseball, but I've been a basketball fan for years. Okay, um, and I commend you for carrying on and talking sports with people. But you know, I'm hoping we can talk some rush. Yes, and, and we'd love to. And for anybody that's just now listening, and, of course, we didn't get to give her the introduction we normally like to give someone that comes on the show. This but I thought you were going to sing for me. I thought you were going to sing for me. No, I, that's, I'm going to leave that all to Benny. I, I I retired years ago. I had a blues band years ago, and then that, that's all in the past. So, uh, hey, guys, I'm back. I'm sorry. Hey, good to have you back, Benny. I just called back on the phone, so you guys go ahead. I don't even know. <laughs> it's day. Well, this is a lady that helped bring Rush to the United States and really broke them worldwide. And and, and it is honored to have you on here, this Donna Halper. And I know you're in Boston still, Donna. Is that correct? That is. I've been all over the country doing radio over the years. But, um, but yeah, I'm originally from Boston. Uh, when I discovered Rush, I was working in Cleveland. But um, mm-hmm. but yeah, I'm uh, I'm back in Boston now. Come visit me. We will. And, and you said you're a baseball fan, so I'm just going to take a stab and guess that you're probably a Red Sox fan. Or am I wrong? Well, yes and no. Um, when I was growing up, I absolutely was a Red Sox fan. But then one of my favorite announcers, because I wanted to be a DJ from the time I was a kid. And one of my favorite announcers was a guy by the name of Bob Murphy. And he mm-hmm. wasn't famous. I mean, he later went on to become the Mets announcer, and he was there, like, forever. But at that point, he was just, you know, a Boston sports announcer. And when he left after calling the play-by-play, he went to Baltimore. Now, I'm a big radio fan, and I want to listen to Bob Murphy because he's gone, and I miss him. 
And it turns out that late at night, back then, and maybe still today, the Baltimore radio station, WBAL, that had the games, it came in late at night, even into Boston, okay? So I was able to listen to the Baltimore Orioles. And so I kind of became a fan of the Baltimore Orioles. You know, Jim Gentile and Boog Powell and Brooks Robinson and those good folks. And then when I got involved with Rush, um, Getty Lee, of course, is like the number one Blue Jays fan. So I became a Blue Jays fan. So my, my taste, you know, obviously the Red Sox are my home team. But, you know, when you're with a Rush fan, you're always home. So, you know, when I was in Toronto, I'd go see the Blue Jays play. Why not, you know? And when people would come to Boston, I invite them to come and watch the Red Sox. Fenway Park is such a historical park. It's one of the oldest parks in the American League. And as a historian, I love things that are historical. So, so yeah, I've followed the Red Sox. I've followed the Blue Jays. I've followed the Baltimore Orioles. I just like good teams. And, you know, if you got a good team and if you're playing the right way, I get excited about watching you. That's unbelievable because I can relate to that a lot because my dad was born and raised in Detroit, Michigan. So, you know, and, and, and Donna, just to give you an idea where I'm at, it's at far western Kentucky, a little town called Paducah, and it's famous for its quilt show in, in uh, uh, National I actually know where it is. I actually know where oh, it is. That's cool. And, and Mike's closer to Ashland, Kentucky, and that's where we get our name for the show, Kentucky Basketball Across the Bluegrass, because we're kind of in, on each end of the state. And but I, I remember listening to, and just my dad being from Detroit, we grew up Detroit Tigers fans, I did. And, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. We, we spent two weeks in the summers up there visiting family, and we'd go up to northern Michigan and, and of course, vacation there mainly, but we'd visit family. But it was always, man, we for four switch, had box seats behind the Tigers' dugout. So I was there when Al Kaline played in 73 and on up to the 84 team and, and beyond. And But uh, – and I remember listening in Paducah on my little AM radio, WJR yep. 760, and Ernie Harwell, yep. and it was incredible. Yep. Ernie Harwell, slowly I turned. Yeah. Yep. One, one of those. One of the things that a lot of young people today, and I know I'm sounding like really old, but this is a generational thing. A lot of young people today have not grown up with a love of radio. Okay. Now you love radio. I love radio. But when we were kids growing up, it was just a dream of a lot of kids to be a DJ, okay, or to be a sportscaster or stuff like that. And it was just the best job ever. And I am so grateful for the years that I spent in broadcasting. But I see that a lot of the young people I run into today, they don't have that dream to be on the radio, And that's kind of a shame because radio is still the most intimate medium. It still makes you feel like somebody's just talking directly to you. And I I still love radio. I really do. So it's a privilege to be on with you guys. Now, can I ask you a question that I'll bet nobody asks you? Sure. Now, now I, I know that you guys talk a lot about the Kentucky Wildcats, and I can certainly understand that. But what's with the women's team? 
Now, I've been a big fan of the Lady Huskies at UConn, University of Connecticut, for years, okay? I mean, they're just an amazing program, okay? And what's great about that program is not only are they great players, but graduate, no offense, okay? I mean, there's there's a real issue with an awful lot of players. It's, it's a beauty contest. They play for one year, and then they just leave for the majors, you know, leave for the pros. And I just, I love the game itself. I love the strategy of the women's game. I love the fact that there's a lot of playmaking. It reminds me of basketball, the way it was played when I was growing up, okay? And I'm not saying that today's game isn't exciting and this and that, but but I'm just saying sometimes I kind of miss that old throwback to the the strategy and the, you know, nothing wrong with slam dunks and stuff like that, but... I love playmakers. I really do. I love people that can just do something exciting and make something happen, even if maybe they're not the tallest or the whatever. Did, am I making sense, or do I just sound like I'm babbling endlessly? No, you're making sense, and I know what, what do you take on that, Benny. Well, I was I was just going to tell her that, that she is right, that there's a lot of guys that go straight to the pros now, and that is true. But one thing that I will give Kentucky credit for is they give these guys – a lifetime scholarship. And and a lot of these guys are coming back and are getting their education after the fact. And I know that, is, that didn't answer your question fully, but I'm just saying that they they seem to really care about the guys. And I know John Wall, when he was injured, was back in the U.K. taking classes and things like that. And he's probably worth a couple hundred million dollars now, you know. Well, see, it's not because I'm a professor. Not because I'm a professor, but that education – is so important because let's be honest, not everybody's going to make the NBA, okay, or the WNBA for that matter. People get injured, people turn out to not be as good as they thought they were going to be, and boy howdy, that education can be something great to fall back on. So I applaud any program that places as much emphasis on academics as they do on scoring a whole bunch of points. Because I think they're both important. But you didn't have me on here to talk about basketball. You weren't even expecting that I would talk about basketball. Here I no, am ruining no, your show. No, I, no you're not no, ruining anything. That was actually a good question. That, hey, this is spirit of radio is what I call it, right? That's it. That's it. See, that's what I miss about radio. You had people that were just they were from your community, they were live, they were local, and they were talking about stuff that you could relate to because you were there. And that's, right. that's the thing I miss. I was well, so now, excited that you were coming you. on, and I, I turned my mic volume all the way down, and y'all couldn't hear me. That was what the problem was. I thought it was blog talk. I was getting ready to complain, but it was my fault. <laughs> well, I forgive you. I forgive you. And, Donna, we're going to, you're, I'm going to need your help because – I know Benny knows who Rush is, but he didn't really know him by name. But don't feel, I, I, I and I feel kind of bad for them, but what? I don't because he didn't, he didn't know who Van Halen was either. So, and this was a few weeks ago. So, but can I, just, but can I tell you something seriously? Okay, sure. I used sure. to, as you know. I used to be a DJ, okay? I was on the radio for many years, and then I ran a radio consulting firm, and I trained people for jobs in radio. Bottom line, I've had close to a 40-year career in broadcasting. Not everybody likes the same bands. I mean, that doesn't ruin my day. If I hear a band and I think they're a great band, 
and I turn you on to them. I've done you a kindness, but there's no guarantee that you're going to go home and say, oh, my God, i got to get every single thing this band has ever done. It, it doesn't That's always right. go like that, okay? So I That's understand great. that not everyone loves Rush. And I'm in that tricky position where I love them because they're my friends, okay? I've known them for years, okay, 45 years to be exact. But I understand, and so did they, that not every person is going to be like, oh, my God, Rush are my favorite band. Uh, There are millions of Rush fans all over the world. But there are also some people who are like, huh? (laughs) I just don't get it. No, and, and you had a special friendship with Rush, and, and, and a lot of people do know the story, but there are a lot of people that do not know the story with you and Rush, and I know you've been asked this countless times, Donna, but would you mind just touching on that briefly? Because every time I hear it, I'm going to tell you, it gives me goosebumps, and, and I love it. And I've replayed it on YouTube uh, since I talked to you last week, probably 30 or 40 times, so uh, I never get tired of hearing the story, and I knew it growing up as a Rush fan, and I just think it's amazing. But would you mind sharing that for everybody that's sure. listening? Um, the, well, the, it's it's a story of altruism, okay? Do, do you know what altruism is? I'm not being sarcastic. I mean, do you know what altruism is? Altruism yes, is when you do a good deed, not for the yes. result, but just because uh-huh. it's the right thing to do, okay? Yes. So right. a long, long time ago, In 1974, in the spring of 1974, I was in Cleveland at WMMS, which was a rock and roll radio station, and I get this envelope in the mail from Toronto, Canada, from A&M of Canada, which is a record company, and I'm trying to figure out why they're sending me something, because A&M of Canada, they get their records played in Canada. But I get a lot of friends in the Canadian music industry, and sometimes they send me imported records. This is the era before downloads, okay? There is no Internet. I mean, it exists, but only the military has it. The average person has no idea that there's going to come a time when they can download music, you know? Right now, at this point, you hear it on the radio, and then you go to a record store and you buy it. So record promoters up in Canada, they would send me records that they thought ought to be signed by a United States company, okay? So I get this record, and it's from a friend of mine named Bob Roper. And I'm still in touch with Roper. I had lunch with him a few months ago, as a matter of fact, when I was up in Toronto for a conference. We keep in touch. Um, He's out of the record biz now, but he is still involved in education. Just a wonderful person. Long story short, sends me this record. That's kind of a homegrown record. He's like, you know, we're not going to sign these guys. They're from Toronto. We're not going to sign them. Um, But I just, I hear something. And I know you got good ears. And I'm really curious about whether you hear something too. So I dropped the needle. Back in those days, it's vinyl records. I dropped the needle on this song called Working Man. And I knew immediately. The lyrics, I just knew the lyrics would resonate with people. You know, when I get up at 7, yeah, I go to work at 9, got no time for a living, yes, I'm working all the time. Cleveland was a factory town. People felt like they had no time for a living. They were just working all the time. And I just figured this song is going to resonate. 
And so I ran it downstairs to the DJ that was on the air because I was the music director and I wasn't on the air at that point. And I ran it down and I said to him, his name was Denny Sanders. I said, Denny, you got to listen to this. People are going to love this song. And sure enough, well, at first, some people thought it was Led Zeppelin because I don't know why, but that's what they thought. Anyway, people started calling in like, what is that? Where can we get it? Long story short, I never expected that I would end up being friends with the band. I never expected that I'd end up having a 45-year friendship with the band or that I'd become friends with their families or that they'd come to my house. or that. Yeah, never expected that. I was a music director doing my job. I heard a band that looked like they needed a boost, so I gave them a boost. And 99% of the time when you do that, you never hear from them again, nor do you expect to, okay? I mean, if I'm on your show, I will probably, not like you personally, but I'm saying if I'm on someone's show, I will probably send a thank you note because mom raised me like that, okay? But in general, people just don't send them anymore, which is kind of a shame when you think about it. So my point Mm -hmm. is... I never expected I'd be friends with the band. I played their music because I believed in them, and I thought they were pretty good, and I thought they had potential. And then Neil joined the band, and then the band went on to have a whole bunch of gold records, and they went on to become really famous. And yet, over the years, they always kept in touch. They never forgot me. And I was with them at the Hollywood Walk of Fame. I was with them at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. It has been a privilege to be part of their lives and part of their story. And it all started with two acts of altruism. Bob Roper sending me a record that he was not going to get anything for sending me a record. He wasn't going to get a finder's. He wasn't going to get anything. His label had already said, we're not interested. And in my case, yeah, I played this record, but it was my job. I was the music director. It's what music directors do. And I never expected that I would end up with the kind of friendship that I ended up with. So sometimes for your listeners out there, when you think about like, oh, you know, I'm going to do something nice for somebody, but what am I going to get in return? Sometimes you get more than you could ever imagine point and, and and donna and one thing too and, and the song was working man and it it just it resonated in cleveland but i think it resonated with everybody once they heard it and mm-hmm. and i think it still re- resonates to this day i mean there's a oh, lot, that lot song, of you know there's it. a lot of songs i'm sorry to interrupt you it's a bad habit there's there's no, a lot of songs that just you play them once and then you go back and listen to them years later and you're like Ew, why did I ever like that? You know, it's like looking in your closet and finding some old shirt and you're like, God, I used to wear this? Really? (laughs) You know, it's like you're embarrassed. But Working Man has not only aged well, but Rush were using it on the R40 tour, which was the last tour they did like 40 years later. They went full circle. They went around and they brought it back and they used it to close out their set. So, yeah, the song has really aged well. But when Neil joined the band, Neil really took them to another level, okay? And I had the privilege of knowing him. I would be lying to you if I said we were best friends. We were not. But I was friends with him. 
We kept in touch over the years. I met his parents. I met his wife. I met his daughter. I mean, it was just a privilege to know these guys. And you know what else? And I've said this before, and I'll say it again. These guys, I've met, God's been good to me, okay? I've met an awful lot of famous people, okay? For a working class kid from a family from a poor neighborhood where nobody expected me to turn out to be much of anything, I've had a really exciting life. I've met some wonderful people. But I got to tell you, a lot of people, they become famous, they change, and not for the better. But that did yeah. not happen with Rush, okay? Rush were the same down-to-earth guys in 2015 that they were in 1974 when I first met them. You know? Yeah, they're a little bit richer. Yeah, they got nicer clothes and nicer equipment. And, you know, they got a limousine. And you can still see them in a donut shop just having donuts and coffee and not thinking they're better than anyone else. Just the same right. down-to-earth guys. And I tell you what, and and I think, and I'm going to use a, a comparison there, and I think that goes a long way. And 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 let me tell you, you're you're just a true spirit, Donna. Everything you say is so positive, and and, and you, you you just you know, karma is a good thing, and I think sometimes it, it does come back and and it pays you back. And and what you did was nothing; just it was in your role as, as what you did as as an employee for the radio station, and but it paid you back kindly and but you know i'm going to compare the members of russia and anybody that is not familiar with them she's talking about neil Peart, and he was the drummer exceptional drummer and to me the greatest rock and roll drummer of all time i mean that's even above john bonham and those guys like that so but uh and by the way you're not the only you're not the only person that feels that way neil was so admired by other drummers okay this is this is no bs this is not just us being fanboys or fangirls okay Mm -hmm. i happen to know for a fact from being in the industry for 40 years that people from other bands wish they could play like neil okay i mean he was regarded as one of the top rock drummers of all time and that's a fact well and and you know what's interesting about him and and i know that's where that that is the main thing. So Neil Peart passed away uh, a little over a month ago now, and you know, and, and what brought attention for me to you, Donna, was was on Twitter, and we do a lot of work on Twitter, and we follow our Kentucky basketball, and we've got our things on there. But I've always followed Brush, and and I saw a tweet from you, and and it was just amazing, and and just uh, you know explaining to the fans because you know, it, and. And they touch on that in 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 a lot of their music and limelight for one and and Neil Peart wrote that the lyrics for that song and it's about people feeling like they're your friend but you're you're at a distance you're 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 the guy but everybody feels like they know you but you know you don't know them and 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 people are reaching out to you for closure and because it touched so many people and, and people were just stunned and and I was too. And, and that was one question I did want to ask you is that, you know, Neil reportedly had been battling this brain cancer for over three years or close to three years. And, that is you know, and they yes, did keep, that is true. And they did keep it quiet. And, yes, they did. I, I, I'm, I'm trying to understand how they kept it so quiet and, and hidden from the media. And, of course, 
I'm, I'm just going to guess that Katie. I can, I can tell you if you want to know. About Alex and yeah, and we're going to yeah, absolutely. And Alex and Getty had to know about this, so they they okay. had to have some closure going to this point where you know us in the fan base, you know, it was a shock. Well, first of all, Neil has always been a very private person. Okay, while he loved playing drums and he loved performing and he loved songwriting and he loved Alex and Getty. Um, other than that, he was not the kind of person to be out at the meet and greet, shaking hands, signing autographs. Not because he thought he was better. He just, he's a very private person. He was actually kind of shy, to be honest with you. Okay. He much preferred hanging out with his closest friends, of which he had a few. And the rest of the time, he just wanted to be with his family. And I always respected that, okay? So as far as how did he keep it a secret, he never had the kind of social circles where there were like a million people in it. You didn't see him on Twitter. You didn't see him on Facebook. By and large, you know, occasionally his record company would put something up on Instagram, but it wasn't him, okay? He was just a very private guy and when he became sick and i'll be honest with you i knew he was sick but i didn't know what he had okay i had heard a couple of rumors didn't ask and i didn't want to put my friends who did know in a position of having to lie to me because i figured if neil wanted me to know i'm very good friends with one of neil's best friends in the world and if neil had wanted me to know he would have let me know. And you know what? I'm fine about him drawing that kind of line. He didn't want to worry people. He didn't want a thousand people descending on his home. He didn't want people upsetting his family. Not not meaning to. I'm not saying that he hated the fans. He didn't. He loved the fans. But he really loved his privacy. And all I said to people online was, can't you respect that about him? Remember him as he was. Let's not have any posts about, like, what were his last days like. Who cares what they were like? What matters is his music lives on. Let's send out good thoughts. If you're into prayer, let's lift his family up in prayer that they find some kind of healing and some kind of closure. If you're into whatever else you're into, just, like, think good thoughts and Love his music and love him as a person, but understand that a very small number of people knew the whole story, and that was intentional. A, he didn't want to worry people, and B, he preferred that people remember him as he was. Good. And Benny, are you still there with us? Because I I want you to tell Donna your favorite two artists and songs. (laughs) Lord, uh, well, you know, I I grew up listening to the radio, and I don't really, I know it's kind of weird because it's music. I like music, but it's not like my big thing. Like uh, for some people, it's huge. But there's a lot of songs I know I don't even know who sang them. I just listen to them on the radio, <laughs> and you know, I got well, the one thing. Do you know that that's very song. common, by the way? There are no. two. Everybody, anybody who works at a radio station knows this to be a true fact. There's two kinds of listeners. There's actives and there's passives. Everybody's active about something. Everybody's passive about something. Like you're real active about basketball. 
you know the name of every player. You know every, you know, you know all the stats. You can tell me who the bet, you know, who was that driving to the paint and who was doing this and who was, do, you know. Whereas half the people in the stands, they're kind of like, who won, who lost, uh, you know, wh- wh- who's playing tomorrow night, you know, like where are the tickets? When will the tickets go on sale? And that's about as far as they take it. So I'm real active about music, but I may not be active about the same bands that you're active about because I was a rock and roll DJ. Okay. So it doesn't surprise me if you know what you like, but you don't necessarily know who did it. Just like that fan in the stands is like, they know what they like, (laughs) but they can't tell you the name of every player. No, I know you're going to know one of them because one of them was Kenny Rogers. (laughs) I met Kenny. I met Kenny. He was a very, very nice person. Very nice person. Yeah. I met him when he was recording with Dolly Parton. And if you want to talk about a very nice person, oh. Dolly Parton. What yes. a sweetheart. Oh, I yes. loved meeting her. Now, I'm a rock and roller, but I loved meeting her. Great person. <laughs> That's yes. awesome. I love Dolly as well. I met, I met, I met I mean, Charlie Daniels. I met, you know, I met Randy Travis. I mean, when you're a DJ... You work in every kind of music. Yes, my personal favorite is rock and roll, but I've been at just about every kind of station you can think of, and it's great to meet different people. So who do you like besides Kenny Rogers? Oh, oh you're boy. really going to laugh that. <laughs> I, I like Shaggy awful well. <laughs> I, know. I, was, I was almost embarrassed to say it, but I do. I like his music. And uh, Why? Why should that embarrass you? No, it doesn't. That's like individual preferences. What do I care? I mean, just be happy. As long as as long as you found something you like, what do I care? You know, I just want your happiness. (laughs) He's going to try to make this a sing song for our show. That's it. But you know what? Like, I'm not a big fan of rap music, but there are some rap songs that I really like. I'm not a big fan of jazz, but there are some jazz songs I really like. And I couldn't mm-hmm. tell you a whole lot about who the third guitarist was or, you know, what was the chord progression. I just know what I like. That's how most people are. So if you're not a big Rush fan, I want you to know I still love you, and it's not too late. No. You could never still be a Rush late. fan. Uh, well, hey, Donna, I, 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 I want to ask you this. No, go ahead. <laughs> No, I was, this you know, is I was a music fan. I didn't really know who they were by name, but after I listened to some of their songs, I remember them. You know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know and how that's you often, could. That's often the case. People will hear a song on the radio. They have no idea who did it. And then later on, somebody says, oh, my God, did you realize you were listening to the Yaha Band? And everybody goes, wow, that was the Yaha Band? I did not know that. You know? So yeah. It doesn't surprise me. Donna, I need to ask you, do you know – the name of the arena that Kentucky plays in. You know something? That's why God created Google. Um, Up here in Boston, there is not a lot of occasion when I would be thinking about what arena do the Kentucky Wildcats (laughs) play at, okay? I mean, I don't don't sit around at night going, boy, if only I could remember the names of all the arenas. So why don't you tell (laughs) me? Well, I, I, I just told you being the professor, you would know this thing. I mean, it's pretty easy. But, I hey, seriously, Donna, this, this is good. Because did you know there's another there's someone else besides the Kentucky Wildcats that played in Rupp Arena? Yeah. 
I'm a, can you guess who that is? I give up. You tell me. It was Rush. Rush played really? okay, Rush Arena. But but yeah. when you're saying that, now, when you're saying that, I'm thinking the way you phrased the question. I'm thinking like there's an awful lot of teams that, that play at Rupp Arena, okay? That, I mean, that, that's, you're that's you're talking a major radio, arena, okay? Yeah, but who are we and, who are we talking about here? Who are we talking about here today? I mean, but but seriously, I I, I took I was well, like, we just oh, switched yes, back yes, to yes, sports yes, for a second, so I was thinking like, weren't there some like really mm-hmm. important games in basketball history that have been played in Rupp Arena? Yeah, yeah, but Rush is more important today, so. You know, of course but, they but, are. Of course they are. Hey, do you but know that's how many story for they, another time? Do you, do you know how many times they played in Rupp Arena? Um, and I used to know things like this. I used to absolutely know things like this. I know they were there during the um, uh, Permanent Waves tour. Uh, yeah, that I vaguely remember. Yeah. Okay. Um, that was I on remember re- Yep, I remember reading about that. Seventy-nine. Yep. 79 yep. was the permanent waves, yeah. Okay. Yep. Were go you ahead. guys there? I Did was. You guys no, go? I was. My mom and dad still wouldn't let me go to concerts then. I was only three. That was, then, um, they wouldn't let I, me I go. know for a fact that was in 1979. Um, yes. And, and then they played there again, I think, a couple of years later uh, during the Signals Tour, if I'm not mistaken. Um, yeah. Oh, look at you. You are amazing. Look at her. She's crushing the questions. Hey, come on. More than just another pretty face, okay? But, no, I, I honest to God, I thought you were talking about basketball a couple of minutes ago when you said, like, you know, do you know who else played here? And I'm like, oh, my God, which teams? I mean, huh? No. But then I realized you're talking music. Well, I knew it. Yeah. I took it that way, too, and I knew you didn't mean it, but that's the way I would have took it. Yeah, yeah, I'm the same way. I, I but, anyway, I have, I have a finite, much as I would adore talking to you guys, all night, and I hope I can come back on. There's a whole bunch of people that are wanting me to come on and talk about this upcoming event that we're having to honor Neil's memory. So I would be remiss if I didn't mention that, okay? And No, um, absolutely. And I hope it's okay with you if, if I, you know, at least Definitely. mention that well, yeah, we, we are. We always welcome anything that you have going on and we usually will ask you i mean yeah absolutely anything you have going on and and yeah we want to know what you're doing and 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 any interest that you have well what i'm doing is uh grading papers okay i'm a college professor i reinvented myself when i was 55 years old i went back to school i got my phd when i was 64 i'm still a full-time college professor uh, I'm the author of six books, many articles, and I'm cute. So besides yes, yes. that. Um, but the other thing I'm doing lately, I'm, a, I'm also a volunteer. I'm uh, the advocate for an adult with autism so and have been for 34 years. So those are some of the things that I do. But right now I'm doing the publicity for a wonderful charitable charitable event that we're going to be putting on, I and about five other organizations that are involved with it, um, for to to honor Neil Peart's memory, and it's going to be in the town he grew up in, which is St. Catharines, Ontario, up in Canada, not far from Rochester, not far from Toronto, and it's going to be on May 16th. 
uh, of this year. And um, we're going to have, you know, musicians and spokespeople and guest speakers and all kinds of folks just coming together to honor the life and legacy of Neil. And if your listeners want to know more about it, they can just n4n.org, A-N, the number 4N. It's a night for Neil, a nightfornil.org. Okay, an4n.org, and they can find out everything they need to know, including signing up for the mailing list about, you know, when the tickets go on sale and all of this. Okay? Yeah, and Donna, I'll definitely put that out on Twitter and media where I'm at, and because that that's huge, and it's something I'm actually interested in going to. Well, uh, I am so grateful that you guys have had me on your program. I got time for another couple of questions, and then I am going to have to go grade papers. So uh, I hope yeah, I was halfway interesting. I hope I didn't bore people. You're more than interesting, and and it was actually three times. The the third time that Rush was at Rupp Arena was in '84, and they they Fastway actually opened with them. That was on the Grace Under Pressure. Oh, and they yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, yep, yep. yep. Yep, you're right. And, and, I can only uh, remember two uh, of them. I'm sorry. And, and that right, flavor of, uh, no, go ahead, Benny. I was just going to tell her I wanted to thank her for coming on, and uh, I appreciate it a lot. And I know Lee, he's geek, and he'll talk to you all night. So I don't. I know you're busy, <laughs> and we will. No, it's we will it's, it's all good. Slide, when when Rush played in '82, when Rush played in '82. Um, was someone else on? The, I keep thinking Rory Gallagher. Was somebody else on that bill? It was Rory Gallagher on the signature. Yeah, that's what absolutely. I keep thinking. Because because yeah. I did some research on like the the history of like where they played and when they played there and stuff like that. So my yeah. God, who has thought about Rory Gallagher in a long time? I know, I right? And now, in the spirit of Canada, in, in the spirit of Canada. With this, we're talking Russ in the spirit of Canada. Kentucky has had some Canadian-born players that actually played at the University of Kentucky, and we're talking men's basketball. Really? So we, we usually cover everything. Yes, five players, okay. Okay. and a lot of these guys are in the NBA. And, and don't ask have, me to name them because I probably couldn't. But I'm gonna, I wasn't going to ask you to name them all, but I was going to ask maybe could you name one, but I don't know that you can do that, but. I may stump you on that one, but I'm going to ask. Um, to be perfectly honest with you, I'm just drawing a blank, and I don't want to draw a blank, and I don't want you to lose your respect for me, but... Uh... No, Donna, I'm not going to lose it. No, we're, we're, that, that was just a respect. I couldn't even name them all. <laughs> I named two or three of them. <laughs> and I follow it like wait, wait, every day. We just thought that was a fun question, and it just kind of neat in, in the flavor of everything. And the, but no, what you what you have done, and 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 what you do, and continue to do, is it, just amazing. And and like you said, it, it came down to just one one kind gesture, altruism, and 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 uh, that's the word of the day too. But um, what you did is amazing, and. And I, I have to thank you personally because I don't know. Oh, that my pleasure. By the way, were you thinking about Trey Lyles? Is that who you were thinking about? Is that who you were? Well, you probably I, know I, I, the I, one. Look at you. Look at you go. Yeah, thanks for Google. I know, right? 
But okay, yeah, that, very loud. Because you know, I'm, I'm just thinking, like God. I mean, I can't. I'm just drawing a blank. I'm sorry. So, but anyway, yeah, no, loud. my pleasure to be on your show. My pleasure to talk about the band, and thank you so much for having me. You're an amazing person, Donna. And if there's ever another time when you want me to come back and answer questions from your listeners or anything, preferably questions I know the answers to, <laughs> yeah. but, uh, but not necessarily. <laughs> we had a good anyway. time, Donna. It's been a blast. And I well, I love you guys. I hope I was uh, I hope I was halfway interesting, like I said, and I deeply, deeply appreciate the opportunity. Have a good night, okay? You too. You too. Thank you very much for being on. Bye. <laughs> Sweet woman. There you Sweet, go. I told you, what fantastic, fantastic woman, man. And you can tell she's done radio for a long time. Yes, yeah, she did a great job. I enjoyed it. And I know you're going to take us out on Limelight tonight, I believe. I, I'm, I'm just hoping that you're going to play that because uh, that, that one there, I tell you, she uh, that woman, what she's done. And if you research her a little bit, it's just uh, – Amazing what she did, and like she said, she was 64, went back and got her PhD. I mean, not a lot of people do that, and um, I know the woman never drank, never did any drugs. Uh, she's as straight as an arrow, and uh, but uh, she's written a lot of books, and just a great speaker. I mean, absolutely cool, cool to the bone, man. Yeah, something a little different. We thought you guys might like something a little different once, you know, and uh I had a good time with it. I don't know I don't know how it came across, but it seemed like it was it was pretty good on this end and uh, all except for my little uh right there at the end toward Buzz. That was my fault totally, man. I turned the volume plumb down and I couldn't hear you all. I was still there. But I didn't realize yeah. it. And I, I was scrambling well, through the house trying to trying to find another phone because I thought something was wrong with my phone and I had the volume turned down. <laughs> well, I've done that on the mute button. I've done that on the mute button before. But you know, we we did ask this question. It's serious. I mean, how many Canadian-born players has Kentucky had? And, and can you name them? And, and we're probably going to tweak that out because that's pretty interesting. And and uh, you know, Benny and I talked about that a little bit earlier. We talked about it yesterday, actually. And uh, we named most of them. We did forget Trey Lyles, and it's funny that she named Trey Lyles out of out of all of them, and and uh, that was the one guy that we kind of overlooked and, and had forgotten that he was actually born in Canada, even though he played basketball in Indiana. But pretty cool show, Benny. I mean, it, it was great, and we got to thank John from Talk Wildcat and and Buzz Baker. I mean, it, to me, he's just a Kentucky hero, and then. Uh, of course, Donna Halper, the the lady that put Rush on the map, and uh, fun show today, man, fun show. Exactly, and, and uh, talk Wildcat. I tried to thank him on Twitter, but something's going on with his Twitter page. I'm not sure what the deal was there, but we'll get him. And uh, we got a big week coming up next week, guys. Uh, I don't know. We got we got Auburn Saturday, and we got Tuesday. We got Texas A&M, right? Is that right? Yeah. Yeah, A&M's going to be a tough one, isn't it? Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm not looking sure. forward to hmm? I'm not sure. We had, uh, we were, you know, a little bit on the baseball. We, and, and shout out to Coach Nickman Jones. Uh, I know they had won three in a row, and I know they were in extra innings today with uh, Appalachian State, but I, I never did see that final score, folks, so I apologize for that. But, 
like Benny was saying, we got a big week coming up in basketball. Yeah, we do, and I'm looking forward to it. And I think it's, you know, I think if we can get to get these next two games, you know, we're in the driver's seat. We're we're, we're probably pretty much there if you get these next two games and. Big week coming, and I think a couple more steps forward I see coming from this group. I like the progression I see weekly. I think Cal Perry should be SEC Coach of the Year. That's just my opinion. I'm right there with Dickie B on that. I think that he has done a, a incredible job with this bunch, to be honest with you, for a team that lost to Evansville early in the year to a team that's on a wall. They won six in a row and like, 14 out of the last 16, something like that. They're just, they're just killing it. I mean, they're doing a heck of a yeah. job. And if they just work yeah. on, a, on a few little things and, and fine-tune it, this team's, this team's going to be tournament ready. I agree 100%. And uh, here in just a few seconds, I'm going to take you out with uh, what little bit of rush I recorded today. And uh, I hope you all enjoyed it. And uh, we'll be back here again next week same time same place we're looking forward to it hopefully we'll be talking about two more wins and uh, you never know who will be on next week uh, we know Jeff Shepard will be on next week yeah, sure. Jeff well, you on never know week, who else yeah, we're looking hey, forward I, I, I'm still waiting on my pay raise Benny <laughs> I told you I doubled your salary today what else do you want <laughs> No. Hey, brother, I'll tell you what, it, it, it's just good to hear you feeling good today. I'm glad you finally shook shook that, that stomach virus. And, uh, man, as always, brother, it was a lot of fun. And, and Big Blue Nation, thank you all. And uh, we hope you listen. We hope you like it. Man.